He's right in front of me and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him spark out. Leaping right hand by the Prince. Ooh. And a hard left. And Kelly's down for the third time. Off the Brawl on Off the Ball. I'm Ronan Mullen, joined by Andy Lee and Phil Egan, and this week in studio by one of the totems of Irish boxing journalism, Joe O'Neill. How are things? Not bad, thanks for having me on, guys. I take it you didn't get much sleep last weekend, you were in Belfast and London and everywhere else? Yeah, Belfast for the Ultra Hall show, which was actually really, really good, and then over uh, following Eric Donovan and Kevin Cronin and Rowan Date in London at York Hall. So the the two big atmosphere calls in Britain and Ireland. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned Belfast, you know, even when Dublin, the boxing scene might have been in the doldrums a little bit, Belfast was always keeping things taken over, and it was another really good packed show at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it, compared to the previous two Ulster Hall shows, they sort of uh, slimlined it down, so they only had seven fights, so it wasn't going on for, wasn't going on forever, and every fight, there was, like, it was well-matched, it was quality there, like, you had like the lads like Lewis Crocker and Kevin Iarco who uh, had proper decent tests, and then straight in you had two title fights, and you had Paddy Gallagher in a good fight as well. So yeah, it was a it was probably the best of the shows up north so far this mm. year. And coming from IrishBoxing.com, as I mentioned, the bible of Irish boxing, it has it been a busy year, busy twenty nineteen. Yeah, it has. It has. Um, we've had like above average amount of shows so far and it's looking good going into the future like you have there's a show in July show in August there's a show in September already there'll be more announced and we have the amateurs as well like this is a good year for amateurs hopefully yeah uh, we have the European Games going on at the minute and there'll be like, we've had the seniors there'll be under 18s as well and then there might be world championships for men and women but we're not entirely sure about that yet at the minute yeah it's still up in the air even as of this morning there's the, um, the suspension has been confirmed mm. so still a bit of a grey area the champ is here Andy how are you? Grand. How's life? Good to have Joe here. Oh, yeah. I wonder, like, both you guys now are a big Twitter presence in terms of the boxing world. It's coming out with some funny stuff. <laughs> really? Half serious. You think so? I'd say 60% serious, 40% funny stuff. That's a good ratio. I'm going I'm to stick with I wonder who, uh, who has the best Twitter out of the three. Who's your safe? We'll leave that open to the public. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> gone. Yeah. I think Phil, Phil has a strong Twitter game as well. Oh, yeah, but I don't have, like, mine's mainly football. Phil Egan Sport you get very little other than sport off Phil Egan's Twitter yeah I'm not really like I'm, I wouldn't have much to say about Love Island I've seen a bit of it I mean obviously Tommy I'm Fury. watching it from a boxing point of view to see what Tommy Fury's <laughs> like his technique on the flip flops yeah that's it <laughs> but he's uh, the one thing his profile is going to go up big yeah, time yeah you know he's you can imagine when he gets out he'll uh, he'll have a fight and all the Love Island contestants will be ringside you actually saw um, I saw there Huey Fury had a fight confirmed for the uh, American show in Saudi mm. Arabia and it was Tommy Fury's cousin <laughs> Huey Fury oh, who's a former like the former world title champion until Tyson Fury gets those belts back <laughs> Tommy Fury's brother Tyson becomes world champion again it's crazy he's fighting Samuel Peter yeah yeah. He's still go. I didn't even know he was he, still boxing he was ancient when Vitaly fought mm. like, interesting to know what his actual name is well, his actual ages. His <laughs> real age. Martin, sorry. Yeah. Um, Maura Higgins from Love Island is a match room ring card girl, isn't she? So that's why she was interested in Tommy Fury. There you go. They made a bit of previous... That's about all of my knowledge now. <laughs> Don't with, worry, with all the excitement last week, Phil, we never spoke to you about your triathlon, so... Oh, how did just, that go? That was grand, yeah. We won, anyway. That was the main thing. Cakewalk? Uh, no, it wasn't, because the, the first 600 metres was up a hill, and a lot of people walked up, and I thought... Nah, like you're going to run up it but I was absolutely knackered after because it, like it was right up so the next, the next four kilometres I did like with very little energy whereas yeah. if I had walked up I could have done the next four kilometres with a lot of energy but like it was it was fine actually the, the worst part of it for me was I got destroyed by the sun because the forecast was for rain so I was standing there waiting for the lads to finish 
in the transition area and then sure look at me I've no hair like I got destroyed on the top of the head like went home and you, you know, have to go and got, pick got that. Did you not wear any sun cream? It's like it was meant to rain. <laughs> so is the way. You proud of Manny? Yeah, I'm proud of the whole, the whole off the ball team. Okay. Jerry Elroy stole the show. Oh, yeah. he hunted Owen Shane. And he had him within seven minutes. He had him taken down or well, seven kilometers. We'll have to do white collar boxing next time. Yeah, Jerry against Owen. I'd like to see that. That'd be yeah. good. Enough. Speaking of which, if I might just give a little plug to this thing that I've signed up for. I don't know how I got involved with it. Michael Crude has a way of, you know, convincing you to do stuff. Um, it's for CF Ireland, and um, anybody can sign up to spar me, Michael Crude, uh, John Joe Nevin, or Kenneth Egan. Friday night, I think it starts at 6.30 in the stadium, and go on to cfireland.ie to sign up, and all the information is there. You can do, you can spar me for how many rounds you like. How many, rounds rounds how many rounds I don't know. I'm trying to get the final number off of them. I've probably only got about three or four in the tank. I haven't trained a lick for it. I haven't even punched the bag, so just off the couch. Just come and get me. <laughs> Take it easy on me. Choice, uh, oh, because they, they they pick. I don't know what that. Who, who would you like, Joe? Paddy Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paddy as well. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot about Paddy's involved. He wasn't at the shoot, so the launcher it. So um, he's in there as well. Michael did a hundred by himself there last year, didn't he? he did a hundred by himself, I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how he did that. Yeah. So. Uh, did you fancy a crack at run? I don't know. That's your chance, lads. All the stick I've been giving you over the last year. So <laughs> get in. Can we do a tag team where we one round? Um, so yeah, we'll tweet out the details to that um, on the Off The Ball Twitter account. Uh, there's actually lots to get into on the pro side. We should just touch on the amateurs. We can't get into too much detail because it's kind of time sensitive and by the time this goes out, might be some stuff dated. But has anything caught your eye, Andy, in terms of the amateur stuff? No, I said last week, like just from looking at some of the videos of uh, Michael Nevin and Sparring against the Italian and was it, who was over the Italian team? Was it the US team as well? Were over, weren't they? The US team, yeah. And like he looks, he looks sensational. I actually commented on one of his videos. Said like he looks looking really good. But it's interesting, like that how Gabriel do, he steps in to take Gabriel. Like shows a bit of depth in, in, yeah. in, in there and like that. I'm sure Gabriel is thinking like, oh, probably kicking himself now thinking that he could be there and collecting that medal but fantastic performance by him and a real quality operator yeah mm. and probably a well done to Regan Buckley yeah. as well who, oh yeah it's a great story yeah he was a pro two years ago he went over he turned over very young he was only 18 or 19 it wasn't for him he sort of wanted to move quicker than uh, was probably feasible and possible so he went back into the amateurs and there was a bit of pushback from people in the community mm. and so didn't see him doing much, but he's went. He won the seniors, the under twenty twos, the colleges, and now he's gone off and um, got a bronze, beat the Ra- beat the reigning champion, yeah. then beat another good Spanish guy who had a medal, and now he's into the semis. Yeah. So yeah, great stuff from Regan, and we'll get a full recap of that next week once we once we know all the results. But just on the Europeans, Andy, it's something you've mentioned before that the merit of winning that tournament almost exceeds the World Championships in some ways given the depth that's there from the this, start. This new thing like this European Games, does that replace like the European Championships now? Uh, no, it hasn't. They still run... Uh, this year they've been meshed into one purely because of the scheduling but they're going to... Uh, I think what they're going to change is the Europeans are, themselves are going to go once every four years and the European Games are and the other once every four years in between so you'll have a, a continental championships every two years. It's like they, they were brought in. I know they haven't really gotten much of an uptake from like athletics or anything like that, but every other continent has a sort of a Olympic-style games tournament. Like, you always hear Pan American Championships and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And like, for the boxers especially, like, they take it seriously. Like, a lot of Europe federations well, it's won't. The, set, the exact same teams that will be there from out. Like, it's as good as European Games. Yeah. Because the champions are there from the get-go. There basically. are no easy fights there. That's that's the merit of the European Games. Whereas in the World Championships, you could fight somebody from some off-the-wall country who does where boxing's not really strong, and they're just sent there as a token gesture to represent the country, and then you have an easy couple of fights. So yeah, no, the European Games has always been a very hard medal to win. Even a bronze, it's it's you know it's it's a very, like it's it's valued and and it's respected. Even a bronze medal at the European Championships. Mm. But lots of politics around the amateur game, which we touched on, and one person doesn't have to worry about that anymore is Paddy Donovan, who's, right, yeah. who's turned over. And you brought that news last week, Andy confirmed. Um, excited? It's exciting. It's very time. exciting times. Yeah, very exciting. Paddy, is, uh, you know, guys will know he's an exciting prospect, and he's a lovely young man, and uh, he's a pleasure to be around, and he's a pleasure to work with in the gym. 
and it, like it's such the potential there is it's like it's so exciting you know what he can do and what he already has and it doesn't really you don't really have to do too much to him to make him you know to he's already, like he's already would beat a lot of people you know yeah. as he as he is so just just take his take our time with him now that's 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 that'll be my my advice just progress not slowly like your talent dictates how fast you can move but his talent is he's got an unbelievable talent but I'll be in no no like I won't rush him at all. I'll be in no rush with him. Just take his time and let him learn his trade. Take his time so when he does have those hard fights, he's re- he's ready for them, you know. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Like it's it's been a, it was a done deal for about a month or so. We we're just waiting for Top Rank to announce it before we could say anything. So he's over the moon. I'm over the moon, and we're cracking. We look to have his first fight definitely before the end of the year, and then uh, get busy with him. And is it something that evolved quite quickly? Like there was murmurings around even the senior finals that this might be on the cards, but it seemed to develop. No, quite it doesn't. Like I had met his, he's met his dad and he's at the seniors, and his dad said, "Can you help us?" There's a lot of people who wanted want him to turn pro, and we just would like some advice. And I, I said, "Of course, you know." And over some time, I got to know Paddy, and then um, we started chat together. I said, "Look, if you want that, like, because I looked at him, obviously." I guess my commentary from the seniors comes across really biased now, <laughs> but I did. I watched the fight back several times. I just saw he nicked it. It was a very close fight there between him and Kieran Malloy. There was nothing between them. Um, but getting to know him, and then I said, "Look, I, I, I'll put out some feelers for you. Put out a call to top rank straight away." He said, oh, they, "Well, they said on my word that they'd be interested in him if I if I vouch for him." And then they had a look at him, and straight away, like. It was a very quick process, just a few contract, like a few drafts back and forth. Maybe like in space of a week, it was all agreed. Very, very quick, very efficient, and and uh, it was great. It was great. Like we were over the moon. We just, um, glad we kept it under wraps. I don't know if we did successfully, but you know, especially with some of the people <laughs> uh, who knew. But uh, no, it's it's, uh, it's a great time for him, and uh, yeah, he's he's eager to get cracking on, but. We'll just take our time and, and uh, let him progress as it goes naturally. Great time for you as well. Yeah, it's good to me. It's it's something that I didn't think I'd do. You know, then something that I wasn't looking to get back involved this early after retiring. But uh, Paddy come like Paddy came along at the t- this time. So um, I just thought he was a, a, like if there was one kid who you were going to get involved in, it would be him. That was it. You know. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Did the uncertainty of the Olympics uh, play a part? Because I know a lot of people mm. always say, wait to the Olympics, win a medal and sort of yeah. increase your value, you're signing I on. Think, that. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, I met him after the senior final and what, what, what stood out for me about him, well, how, how disgusted he was, like, how he wouldn't even talk or look, or, he was just like, wouldn't even look at anybody in the eye, he was so hurt by losing that fight. And I thought, that's a good sign, yeah, that's a sign of a winner. And then getting that decision, then going to Russia a week later with a cut, you know, if like I said to him like if anyone had your best interests at heart you wouldn't be going fighting with a cut because that for your long term like in an under 22 yeah, yeah so they sent him out there to the European under 22s with a cut and he got he got public warnings for, for slapping mm-hmm. when he's fighting the Russian Russian in Russia so I think he was just got a bit maybe he just got pissed off with it and just said look it's not like there was an opportunity I said look there's an opportunity for you to go pro and that, if you want it now now's the time and he's got he's got a young family, he's got a young daughter, he's married, so about time he starts earning some money and getting paid for all of his you know, all the skills and all the years of work he's done, now it's time to get to get to get paid for it. Yeah, and we've spoken before about his marketability, like it lends itself so well to the the pro uh, machine, almost uh, his style. But is there something that excites you about his technical what he brings to the table technically? I like that he's flashy and he's quick. And it, like what he does is always spectacular. It's never ordinary. There's a bit of artistry to him, you know. It's not like he's not a guy who like he's not just a regular. He's not a normal fighter. He's a, something about him. I don't know. Um, he has that like he just has a bit of an X factor, and he can punch. He, like for an amateur, it's unusual that an amateur will be knocking out or stopping a lot of opponents, and he does that regularly, even in sparring with headgears and big gloves. Yeah. And um, I just, I just, I just think he was. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably I'm probably bought into him too much, but I I think I think he's like I think he can go all the way. Like I, he popped up on my Twitter Twitter the other day, 
um, my second ever fight, you know? I, I hadn't seen it in years. I hadn't seen it in years. And I was just watching it and I'm comparing it to Paddy. Like, we would have, oh, your second fight is, you're still basically an amateur, but yeah. like, he, he, he is uh, so far ahead of me now as I was then. So, what can he go on to do? It's, you know, it'll, it'll be exciting. I would say. And Joe, you shared that video, I think, it, or maybe just uh, reappeared on Twitter, the, the knockdown, and it kind of best exemplifies what he's bringing to the table as a pro, like if he can do that as an amateur, as Andy said, he should be an exciting prospect as a pro as well. Yeah, and like Andy was saying, it's like some people call it unnecessary flashiness, but like the whole hands down by the side, like he evaded what, in that clip I've shared, is about 30 or so punches, like obviously there's a difference in level there between the guys, but he does a bit of flashiness and then still goes for the finish. And I remember even talking to him that he, he would be, like, talking about amateur fights and he'd he'd always, like Andy would say, about needing to score a knockout to entertain. And he'd, he'd had that in his head, even in the amateur ranks. He went over to Haringey and just a couple of years ago when he knocked out, like, the uh, GB champion. So it wasn't, it, like, there can't be accusations of, oh, that guy wasn't on his level because, like, he's fighting the top guys. He... Like, throughout his last two or so years, he was probably 50% knockout ratio with the big gloves. It's pretty crazy for... When you talk to him, like, and you talk to his dad, and they're just, they're mad, they're boxing mad. You know, he's like, the whole family, they're just involved, like, everything is boxing. From, like, the whole, it's like, I don't know, they're just, just deep in boxing culture, like, their brothers are all, his brothers are all fighting, he's got a younger brother, GM there, who won the... No, what was that? The under-18s championship. has only lost one fight, and that was a European final in his whole life. And his brother Edward is like a European champion, I think, a couple of times over. So the the whole family, like, there's always the pictures of them training out on the beach. Is mm. it anything? They yeah, live, isn't it? They go down to to like La Hinch a lot and train and that. Yeah. So they're just they're just twenty four seven boxing. Mm. Is there um, what I do always wonder is you'd see sometimes with say Uzbek or Kazakh or Ukrainians they go over and. Maybe it's there. Maybe there isn't because there isn't the fan base for them in America. But they're put on an ex- extreme fast track, like you're fighting for mm. titles. Paddy's a bit younger than that. Is there a worry that when you have lads who are way lower than him in level, that he's not going to be dragged down, but it might almost stunt him? Like it's a hard, it's a hard one to match. It make. is a hard, yeah. But the, only, the only kind of I don't know piece of mind to get about that is the top rank are the best at doing it. You know, they will test you. They will test you. Like I remember, I. The second, I think it was the first or second fight I ever had with them. They put me in like a really, really hard season pro, and I, like I, I, I didn't have life and death with him, but it was a hard, hard fight for. I think I had about four or five fights at that stage, and uh, he would a guy called Carl Cockerham who would have beaten most people like uh, of, of four or five fights. So they will test you and see where you're at, you know. But they are the best at bringing people along at the right pace, and uh, you know they rarely make mistakes. I would say. Um, but with Paddy only being 20, you know, like, what, as a welterweight, what age would you come into your prime? Probably 26? Yeah. 27? 28? And is he going to turn over at 147? Yeah, he'll be a welterweight, yeah. yeah. There's a chance, like, he makes it, there's a chance he could fight a light welter. Uh, what do they call it now? Super lightweight. Super lightweight. Yeah, so, um, we'll see. We'll take his time. He's still going to fill out a bit, but he's, yeah, he'll be a welterweight starting out. Mm. And top rank, Phil, like we were talking to Stephen Ormond last week and he was talking about being the B-side and how that kind of like uh, affected his career adversely at times, that he was always seen as the op- opponent, but Paddy's not going to have that issue. No, no. He's, He's going to be A-side on almost all his fights, it would seem. Yeah, and you heard Stephen like, talking about the, the advantage and disadvantage. Obviously, Stephen was talking about it as a disadvantage and how he was given the party line of, you know, it's just business. Yeah. So Paddy's going to have uh, favourable... Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to be like as a trainer? I'm looking forward to seeing <coughs> between rounds. Are you going to be? I think I don't. Teddy Atlas, ice cold. <laughs> fireman, fireman. No, I think we'll just be. <laughs> I don't know. As I am now, I don't. I don't get too excited. Yeah, but I suppose the important thing is if if your fighter is is on top to get the instruction of how you stay on top, or if mm. he's in trouble how you get out of trouble because so, so often you see corner men like telling them what they're doing wrong but yeah. not telling them what to do right yeah I get you in the car <laughs> <laughs> you're in the team done of them yeah. no it is it's obviously it's 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 a test for me as well yeah how I handle that but I've done a good bit of it before and um, learned from a few decent lads yeah yeah so hopefully I can bring the best of all that stuff of Adam and Emmanuel
yeah. and everything else along the way and continue to learn myself. And it's interesting from doing this show just the different things you've learned from both and two very different schools mm. of thought almost. How blendable do you think those ideologies are going to be for you? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think there are certain merits to what both of them do, you know, and um, with, a man, with a manual, it would definitely be the attitude of you're going out there to knock the sky out and like nothing, nothing else is a win unless it's a knockout. You know, if you, if you win by points, okay, it's good enough, but we want a knockout. And that, that'll be the crunk attitude that but in terms of some of the technique, I think it will be more airing on the side of Adam. I think so. But it's different. Like, Paddy would be suited to a manual style because manual box with a rhythm, and I think Paddy will box with a boxes with a bit of a rhythm as well. Where Adam was more sitting in the feet. Paddy, Paddy does that as well. But I don't know. They're, 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 I'm trying to pick up like from both of them. Yeah. But it's a good question how blendable they will be. But it'll have to will be. A blend, but it'll be my style, mm. I guess. You know, it'll be my style in the end. Yeah, and Top Rank have quietly built a real hotbed of Irish talent. Like, mm. is the plan going to be that you'd be presumably stateside for the majority of his career? Yeah, I think so. But with the likes of Conlon now, uh, Conlon, Frampton, even Fury, there'll be chances he'll fight in those on the cards. You know, that he'll fight with those guys. Probably good as well that um, he's big from the start, so he doesn't have to worry about selling his hundred tickets and covering his opponent's cost. Yeah, like yeah, no, there's none of that. Like, so uh, emphasis on development now rather than making ends meet. That's it. Yeah, and like it's such a hard game. If that's that's the, that's the kind of level you're at where you have to do that, it's it's a thankless game, isn't it? Like it's it's I don't know. But for someone like Paddy, he's talented. He like that's not where he needs. That's not where he's at, or whatever it would be. You know. Um, so he's going to the top, and that's where that's that's what he deserves as a world silver medalist. You know, as as uh, all, all the championships he's won, that's that's where he deserves to be. That's only right. And there had been tentative talk about maybe debuting on that failure card, but you think mm. Autumn's probably more likely. To yeah, we just put it back a little injury, but uh, we just put it back for for the autumn. Yeah. Cool. Well, Paddy Donovan about to get the ball rolling on his pro journey. One man already well on track in that regard is Eric Donovan. He moved to 10-0 and after his win at the iconic York Hall last Saturday. Joe, you were there. What yes. did you make of his performance? Uh, it was very good and I'm like, not surprised, it's probably a bit of a stretch, but I'm like pleased with how um, he seems to be, especially under Kenny Egan and Joe Clifford, he's really transitioning into a more pro style and like he's really digging in and he actually used uh had a line that i think is yours he was a uh, calm in the chaos uh so like he he was fighting uh nicaraguan moses mojica who like was it was a journeyman but like the nicaraguans are a bit of a different breed they all come and they come swinging and he, eric just sort of got inside and like was pretty rootless took him out he like like the york hall shows they're like there are merit in the box and there's, there was meant to be 21 fights on the card by fight night there was 14 I think, or maybe 13 but Eric was like far and above everyone on that bill and you could even see people were like there was a small amount of people over for him but the whole sort of crowd got sucked in just because like the different quality was just so evident um, so that's him 10-0 and 0 now um, got the Irish title he sort of we were, we were saying that it sort of hit a ceiling within Ireland and this was the whole idea, going over to London, uh, getting used to, like, different commission, different raps, like, just outside of your comfort zone. And he dealt well. He actually missed his flight the day before. Yeah. But he, he took it all in the stride. Uh, and, yeah, he's... They're thinking maybe in September back in Ireland, but sort of they've let it be known that uh, his team, Boxing Ireland Promotions, that they're willing to listen to any offers. They actually accepted an offer for the EU champion, I think his name. Oh, it was a vacant, actually, sorry. It was a vacant title fight with a guy called Carlos Ramirez, I think. And he was one of a number in, one of a number in sort of discussion. And they went with someone else, but it sort of shows that he is, like, blipping on the radars of some of the bigger guys. Uh, Leonard Gunnan uh, from Boxer was saying that he wants, like, by the end of the year, one of the big Brits or one of the big Spaniards. Because, like, I know Eric will tell you that uh, he's a very, very young, 33, almost 34, but like the fact of the matter is he still is 33 or 34 at featherweight, so he 
does need to get a move on and he can't really like can't really hang hang around. Twenty eighteen was a bit of a disaster for him with injury. So he does need uh, the big fight soon and it looks like maybe one in September, hopefully a decent I think. They're looking at a former Spanish champion in September and then hopefully a big fight by the end of the year. Yeah, and the beauty of that fight at the weekend was almost you kinda of touched on it there. It's as much sort of familiarising himself with an alien environment, even though he would have experienced that as an amateur, but um, and also getting active again, because mm-hmm. he's just been quite inactive in the middle part of his career. Yeah, yeah, so that's two fights now in less than three months, and when I think he got two fights in total in all of 2018. Um, so, yeah, they're looking at getting four in by the end of the year. Um, yeah, but just the difference from Eric and Sarah, like he still has the footwork, he still has the hand speed, but... He's really digging in his punches now, and like he's quite happy with how his like he's knocking guys out now. He's knocking them down. They're not accumulation. Yeah, like he really hurt this guy. Yeah, he's uh, his body work is just brilliant as well. He can like the little uppercuts into the. What's what's the situation? In, like who is the European champion, and what's the situation there? Because I know there's a number. Of, there was a number of Spanish guys. Yes. Rather. Uh, the European champion is a guy called Andoni Gago, I believe. Uh, he fought Lee Selby a mm. couple of years ago. He's a decent guy, but again, Eric should have the beating of him. It's more just uh, conditioning and being able to do ten or twelve rounds, which he obviously hasn't done ever before as a pro. Uh, they're sort of aiming towards the EU title versus sort of like a building, and then maybe European next year. Uh, it's a guy called Carlos Ramirez, I think it is. He's a, another Spaniard, um, more of a, probably less cultured than Gago, but a power puncher like the guy Mick fought Ivan Larinaga, uh, I think it was two years ago maybe in Madison Square Garden. Mick beat him on points, but this guy, like he's a bit of a brawler, he was having a close fight and then knocked him out with a left hook to the body, like he, he has power, so he's dangerous but a bit wild and... And we have the European champion next year, hopefully, in Gago. Mm. If he still holds it, yeah. If he still holds it, yeah, because they, 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 they are actually trading. Yeah, yeah. Kiko yeah. had it for a while, then he gave yeah. it up. It would be great to see him fight Kiko, but it just like probably take too much money to get Kiko. So, well, yeah, Kiko's fighting Gary Russell there a couple of months ago. Yeah. Like He's probably not going to come to Ireland at this stage. Like, yeah, but it would be a nice little... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't it? it would be a nice little finish. Circular, sorry, yeah. Yeah, and to stop it, Andy. How important is that? Because it would be easy for Eric to coast, given the levels of, of skill between him and his opponent. But he's, he seems to be going out there with spikes. For his own confidence as well, knowing that he can do it. I think, you know, and has shown that he can do it. And it does look so much more impressive than God. Doesn't it? always does look more impressive by winning by TKO. So yeah, good well, for him. It was around the time when you were with him. He had the. Uh he had a fight. He, had, he beat Di Davis and then had a defence of that belt. I think you were in the corner for him then. And he went eight. He was sort of. He wasn't really putting the foot on the gas. Yeah, he was kind sort of. Had just, a, yeah, uh, he'd never been that distance for us. One of the times I was in the corner, well, the only, uh, he kind of. He had, we could have stopped the guy, but he, I think he had a hand injury. And I think he's always had hand injury. Remember, he had the thing. Mm-hmm. That's why he was out where he had like a shoulder. Frozen shoulder. And he froze, froze, froze yeah. hands. And so there were probably reasons why he weren't get, wasn't getting those stoppages. Um, but now it seems that all that's cleared up so yeah you can kind of tell us even the night that he beat McAfee like there was pressure on him to deliver that night he did and he was absolutely buzzing after yeah. but even fighting in York Hall it's his first fight yeah th- like it, it sounds like it is it that big a deal to fight outside Ireland or to fight in new venues but you know you've done it like what's it like when you no, go to these I, new venues I think it's important for Harry because it'll keep him motivated, you know, and it's all relative. I know, like, for somebody, like, would say, oh, fighting the York Hall and, on a show, like, it's not, you know, it's not it's not the garden, but it's it's, it's all relative. And for Eric, I think it was it was a big deal to go there and fight abroad and bring bring a crowd with him and and to, and to, to get a stoppage. So that's probably... That's probably the biggest fear they have with him, that he have, they have to keep moving him, Leonard, and that, moving him... Momentum, yeah. Yeah, against, with challenges... Because he if he stagnates in terms of the fights, I think he he will easily fall off with his motivation because such a long long career as an amateur and even now as a pro, it's kind of dragged out with those injuries. So they need to get, well, every fight needs to be a challenge, I think, and that's that's you know that that's a, that's a, in itself is a challenge to the promoters because it's, it's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to keep keep that going with the funding and blah, blah, whatever else, getting the opponents, but that's what they're going to have to do. 
just yeah. on that, like you saw in March with the teacher car, and, mm. and like the, even the aftermath, he came in here, and like mm. people were really engaged with him. And yeah. if TG car can be back for this show in September, is there any signs of that happening? Um, it's not not happening as far as I know, but like uh, nothing's confirmed. But yeah, fingers crossed. And Eric is out of everyone on the what, what would you call yeah, the domestic scene. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the highest quality and the most charismatic, and be perfect for it. Mm. Yeah, and the way Ray Moylet was able to leverage his amateur pedigree to almost get up to that WBC ranking title probably quicker than he would have if he was just a novice pro. Like Eric can probably, he probably has to stay ready at this point where that fight could probably come at any point. Um, I mentioned Ray Moylet and that National Stadium show. Key feature that was Assassin's Promotions and I can't say too much about it, but I know you guys were talking to Victor Rabe. And he seems to be doing his own thing now for the time being. Yeah, he was... Um he was looking at the crowdfunding, as far as I, uh, as far as I recall, um, a, a boxer to fight in Ireland needs to have a registered manager, so uh, he will need something to sort out. So, and I'm not sure he would be licensed himself as a manager to self-manage himself. Um, obviously, you can't say too much about it, but um, there is a stable of about twenty fighters there, and you just have to hope that they all can secure different deals. I know Caitlin Phelan has already gone over to Boxing Ireland yeah. and um, there'll be a couple of others that'll sort of um, blow in the wind to other different stables around the country. Yeah, and they were also a key component of the TG Car broadcast deal, so it's kind of, it's regrettable on, on all counts really. Um, just talking of your call, there was a fight there on, uh, or a fight card on Friday night as well, and Conor Ben headlined that one, Phil. Bit of a, bit of a weird, weird fight. He came out with the dreads and you were thinking, where have I seen this before? <laughs> but yeah, he won. Cavola, uh, he was fighting, stopped him. First round, you were thinking, oh, this could be troublesome, and then he comes out and blitzes him in the second round. So he didn't really learn a whole lot from that fight. No, and th it was interesting then afterwards, Adam Booth was part of the, not the commentary team, but the ringside analysis, and the name of Josh Kelly came up, Conor Ben and Josh Kelly, and Adam obviously couldn't say much, couldn't give much away. Spencer Oliver was beside him. He was kind of more trying to break down how a fight would go and you could just see Adam kind of smile to himself. But I didn't see any of those fights at the show, but was he good? How did Charles Frankham look? Did you get to see him? I only saw Cheeseman. Mm. I saw Cheeseman and Ben, yeah. And Shannon Courtney as well. Shannon Courtney, who seems to be building a big profile yeah, for yeah, herself. She's, she's coming on well, isn't she? She's like, Is Adam Booth rated, does he? He's managing it, he's helping her along. Yeah, he he, he thinks she's she's good. I don't know, like, with, in terms of Adam's, you know, yeah, yeah. roster of fighters, where she, roster of fighters, where she ranks, but he's definitely got an interest in her, and uh, he's helping her out. So, yeah, she, like, she, she, she'll, bu she'll bubble along, like, and she's got a good personality, a good story as well. Mm. So, uh, like, it's good for her. And just on the Josh Kelly thing, so that, they've been kind of calling each other out on social media, and... Avanissian, who was supposed to fight Josh Kelly about a year ago now, is going to rematch Laranja, which was a huge upset when he went over to Bilbao and beat him. So, provided Avanissian comes through, that's a that's a great fight for Kelly because you've got the backstory and it's a really good test as well. The Ben fight would, would, would be interesting, wouldn't it? You know, like be an easy one to sell for the. <laughs> it wouldn't. It would no, be a joke. He'd destroy. I know. Destroy. I, know <laughs> I know, but that's you'd want in some <laughs> like in some ways. I feel like Kelly might need that kind of a fight now. Because he's had, he's, he hasn't had a soft fight his whole career, has he? You know, like he's made some of them look easy, but they were all on paper and in reality tough fights. It would be like Callum Smith against Rocky Fielding. Do you remember that? Yeah, but it, one round job. I, I don't know if it go that, that early, but it would be, it would be, a, it would probably be a handy fight for him. Yeah, but I think Ben Ben's got a lot of fire, a lot of fight in him, so he wouldn't go down without. The win was a good win in fairness, but you could even see in the first round that he. Uh, uh, he was getting hit very easy by the fin and uh, caught him with a good shot and like his frailties were exposed against Payne out in the first fight and even the second fight like he didn't look good against a guy who would be beaten by most Irish welterweights like there's a little groundswell in Belfast for Lewis Crocker to fight Ben but like the fight it, it, it'll never happen in a million years but like Crocker would go to him for a shortcut mm. And the reason most people missed that card live was because there was a really good card in Belfast as well, head, headlined by Conroy versus Ward. Has to be one of the best fights you've seen live, is it? Just yeah, no, I, I actually tweeted out, I tweeted out my report for Boxing News. It was the best fight I've ever seen live. Just um, 
obviously I haven't been in this game too long, but uh, yeah, just uh, I think if you were to count, I'd say there were probably 10 instances of one fighter hurting the other badly. Yeah. Like from second round on, like I thought, I thought Stephen Moore was going to be stopped in the second, then he was dropped down in the third, and then at the end of the third, he had hurt, I think it was the end of the third, he had hurt Conroy. And Conroy hurt him, and then he took over, and then Conroy hurt him again, and then the fight was over. Like it just went one way or the other. We were trying, like it, it was hard in a sco- fight to score because it seemed like that. It seemed because Ward was sort of pressing the action a lot and getting good effective shots off, but Conroy was probably a little bit cleaner. Mm-hmm. But like on the balance of things, how did it feel in the arena when it was stopped? Did it feel like he'd done enough? Uh, to be honest, no. Um, we all, but again, like you're. The way scoring is like the the end of a round or the end of a fight, you're, you're, like it's subconsciously playing in your head. So, like Conroy had Ward really hurt in the uh, round before it was stopped, and then he was going to work again in the final round. And then it was stopped, and you could see him like if it had gone the other two rounds that he was going to take over. But of course, that didn't happen. But then, like I was watching it back, and even Conroy himself said that like Ward like won after yeah. he, like no qualms whatsoever. Which like he had a decent shouting like it's one of those that has to be a rematch because like Ward now he he gets the WBO European belt so he goes in twelve in the world rankings but it's that sort of thing of like you have a world ranking but you're still not at the top of domestic level I know Bwatsi's there at the minute but mm. like that would be a, another good fight him fight Conroy again and then maybe build up and maybe go for the Celtic title or the British title and then if he gets there keep continue on going because. You wouldn't you wouldn't like to see him after that to sort of be to fight have a couple of easy defenses of that and then sort of lose the momentum like people always slagged Ward like he had the boring Ward persona thing because he's he has a very monotone voice but and like his fights just because of the level he was fighting and his approach he was just keeping it very safe and like getting the wins and there wasn't much excitement but like you saw the grit there the, and the like just the fitness that was what most people like people couldn't believe that he kept getting hurt or mm. yeah. kept getting up and like even he was that's what got him for the fight like those exact same things you said the grit the desire to, to, to do it in his hometown not to go out like that and his conditioning that allowed him to keep getting up and to keep fighting and take those punches get hurt and still recover like I think you know, he is a very, very fit guy, and it's been said a lot about him that he trains very hard. And I think it's the only thing that stood to him. Yeah. It's the only thing that stood to him in that fight. You know, Conroy looked like he was blowing at times. Mm. Yeah, or Lee, like when he hurt, when he hurt Ward in the second round, and then when he knocked him down, like he, he went for it. Yeah, yeah, and that can, blow. like, yeah, both guys did very well because that can. That can really break you mentally after you've hurt a guy and held him down, and then it can't get him out of there, and then you're trying to continue fighting, but. And Ulster Hall's a sauna as well. Like I can't, yeah. I can't imagine much harder <laughs> atmosphere to be in. Just yeah. like it's so loud, it's so warm, it's so hot. Like you come out of there and you feel absolutely disgusting. Like they're like, do you want to go for a pint? And you're like, no, not really. I just want to like lie down and go to sleep. And you're not even in the ring. Yeah, no, it's it's just I feel really um, glad for Stephen almost that he's gotten a win in his own right because it's easy to be dismissed as a wallflower in that gym because you've got mm-hmm. Nigel Travis and Tommy Coyle, Carl Frampton, all these big characters. And Stephen's just co- sort of, even in New York, he was over at the Joshua fight and sort of just doing his thing in the background and all the other lads were getting interviewed, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So he's actually, he was doing the rounds in the mm-hmm. boxing circles, you know, people were calling this a fight of the year contender. So it's just good that, that he has that on his resume at this point. Co-topping that bill, a lot of people have been saying to me that Dara had a good chance in this fight, that they were tipping him to win and the odds were kind of suggesting that as it got closer, mm-hmm. they were coming in a bit. But McKenna, just that little more polish almost did enough from on the night. More polish and like Foley's big weapon is his left hand, his big southpaw left, and he, like McKenna, has a really really good chin. Like you saw it against Catterall, he got knocked down a couple of times and kept going. He was he walked through shots like he doesn't have the greatest defenses, and even his approach with his height that he doesn't like. I know Carl Frampton was saying that he needs to change his style or else like he's gonna take years off his career. But like he he doesn't use his reach at all, and. He, but he still like he had that, he had that, he had that chin, and he had like he was faster than Foley and better schooled, smarter as well. He he tied him up a lot, but uh, yeah, like he was just banking points. Like uh, Foley would come forward and he'd be popped off by three or four, but 
three or four shots from McKenna before he even before he even was able to swing one himself. Like I know Foley wasn't too happy with the cards. He he was like he admitted that he admitted that McKenna won, but he was like, oh, looking at those cards, I was never going to get the result up here anyway. But we had a pretty wide as well. Like I think it was one of those we said we said a lot where. When the fight, when the rounds are tightly contested, they still have to be scored to one guy. And if McKenna's shading each round, it's just going to look like that yeah, in exactly. the final tally. And it was funny because he was clearly boxing to orders to use his superior skills, but every time Foley landed on him, it was almost as if oh, I have to get you back. So, mm-hmm. no, it made for a really, as I said, well contested fight, didn't it? Yeah, that was a good fight. Like they, we would say that, like with those fights that happen in the hall now, they have becoming better. Like they're becoming a lot better across the board in terms of the competitiveness of the fights mm-hmm. and the production as well. You know, like even having the previews before uh, watching it on on the YouTube live that you can watch a little interview, a little get to know a little bit about the fighters, and then then they're into the fight. So, um, but yeah, it was it was a good fight. Like, and um, he's been in some tough tough fights like that, hasn't he, McKenna? And uh, but he was he was well deserved winner. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can change his style because he's. I don't know. His legs, are like for a tall, tall guy, you think get up on your bike, move a new jab, but he fights very low, Santa very Cruz. small. Yeah, he fights very. Yeah, but he's not an aggressive fighter like Santa Cruz would come. Like he'll, he'll still fight as a tall southpaw, but he'll be in a crowd. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, like it's 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 kind of hard for him to change his style because he is that tall, isn't he? You know, for that weight. Um, how, well, how does he go about it? Like it, it would take a long time. Take a like, he, but as an amateur, I'm sure he was up on his toes. He would have been he that tall southpaw. Now it's, it's kind of. I, don't, I think it's a misconception that as a pro you have to be down and digging into the mm. body like that. But um, especially if you're a six foot two. Yeah, six foot two. Uh, like uh, if, just work on his jab. Like work on having. A- Foley would lean in and he would he'd come up short. But um, I can understand why Foley would be. Looking at the cards, what two gave two judges gave it to McKenna by seven and four on the other cards, and but it's like you said, it's it's one round at a time where it looked a lot closer than that. Yeah, like it was a tough, tough fight, uh, and looks a lot more comfortable. If you didn't see the fight and you just saw the judges' scorecard, you think it was an easy enough night for McKenna. It was anything but. But I don't know. Did you notice much of a difference in his conditioning? Because he talked about that before the fight where. His nutrition has changed where he feels like he's got more energy now. Well, um, it was more like what was going on between his ears because um, Foley was the one who uh, was coming forward the whole uh, the whole fight and McKenna was sort of managing the fight. Like he knew when to take his breaks and like obviously he had the conditioning to walk through a lot of punches and take a lot of punishment, but it wasn't like he outworked Foley, if that yeah. makes sense. He sort of outboxed him and outsmarted him to a degree and was the sixth round I think Foley was really effective and maybe didn't step quite on the gas in the seventh he might regret that slightly or maybe it was just he put so much into that sixth yeah, I think round I think it was more that uh, he had his first real success but then and again that could have snapped McKenna into it a teeny bit more and he got a bit smarter again then in the seventh mm. um, but yeah it's like that's another decent domestic win for yeah. Tyrone McKenna like he beat I know the Benson fight was close but like he got the win and that's two good wins in a row since the Catterall fight he's obviously had some lower level ones with Hanny and Cray a couple of years ago but like you'd have to think the light welterweight scene in Britain like he needs to step up and get a I know he got the international title there but I'd like to see him like I'm a big man for tradition and getting either the Celtic title or the British title and um I'm not entirely sure who is light welterweight champion in Britain at the minute. That's a good question. Well, I know he wants Ronan's mate, Lewis Ritz. Oh, yeah. He called him out after. Because he was asked about O'Hara Davis. And he said, I'm sick of talking about Mm. O'Hara Davis now. Like, so he wants to fight lads that will fight, will go into war with him, were his exact words. And Lewis Ritz came up. The style might suit him. It would be a great name to have Like if he could beat him. Because Ritson would come forward and be able to counter him. Like That was a great win he had um, on the Frampton undercard against the French guy. Gira- is it Gerardo or Garrido? Gira- Gira- yeah. yeah, like he's a tough, tough yeah. man. He fought again at the weekend as well. He yeah, just people said he yeah, yeah. Benson and people were saying yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seen that. He's a tough, tough man. Like That was a great win for McKenna. And he, like, again, showed some of that... Like, I don't know. 
is, is a maturity like that he showed against Foley where he could tie him up and like not have to engage in a fight all the time and, and, and get little breaks and that's kind of something that he might be able to do against Ritson but Ritson would definitely be like a step up of Garrido and those guys he'd definitely be a, a step up like yeah Robbie Davis Jr Robbie Davis Jr yeah see who we're thinking of there um, speaking of McKenna's his namesake Aaron had another good win Phil on the big platform on the zone so the McKenna brothers are really making a name for themselves through their social media and they're just being really smart about it like they're getting their name out there and you know building a bit of a profile for themselves mm, I've yet to see them fight too much but it's like you've just seen little clips here and there and well, their fights don't last too long yeah, I was going to say yeah, it looks, they look, they look good you can nearly clips. get their fights in a vine yeah. <laughs> well, their vines have stopped now but that's how quick their fights tend to be ending at the moment yeah but Aaron has had like, almost all his fights in California so he's building a bit of a base for himself over there in terms of people are recognising them on the cards and, and so on yeah exactly and um, the way Golden Boy do things I know they're moved out to zone now but like they have like tiered cards I know Matchroom have it with the next gen and yeah. the regular cards but like Golden Boy does seem so much busier that they have Thursday night cards that you can be on and then Friday night fights and then up to the main fights on Saturday and then not pay-per-view anymore but the, the zone blockbusters or whatever they're called but like he's been kept relatively busy do like, you think it's um n- n- like, I'm going to ask you all this, like, Irish fighters fighting on the west coast of America, I think it's a, mi- not a misstep, but it's a missed opportunity that, especially with Golden Boy, have a, well, I know they're basically, predominantly based in California, but if there's ever a chance for them to fight on the east coast, that's, that's where they should be, because all the height they're getting now, you can multiply that by 10 if they're fighting in Boston, New York, or even Philadelphia, so, like, like even with Jason Quigley, his career like he should be a much bigger star than he is I think within boxing you know because you know, like, it's easier for us because we all know him we know who he is well yeah. I wouldn't say people outside would know him that much because he's fought like most of his fights are up in Fantasy Springs and he's over there he's training here. like he's it's a bit disjointed where if he was fighting in New York every time he'd be a big star so I don't know they tried it with the fight his comeback fight and they had it in Boston and mm. uh, that was in association with Murphy's Boxing that and they got a really good yeah. buzz uh, no the one after that Rosario I think oh, yeah. his name was is that the one Ray Moylet was on yeah Ray Moylet and didn't yeah. get the TV that's right yeah then he was straight back to Fantasy Springs in the next fight and just like there was no building on it at all and I think it's as you were saying that Golden Boy are just so California focused I don't know. Like I'd love to see, love to see him get busy. You know, I know he's got a fight coming up. Good now. fight next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good fight. Um, your man's a little bit past it. Yeah, you have to think so. He drew him in his last one, but yeah, but he's still, still, still been there. Yeah, still been in with some good fighters. So, and we mentioned Lewis Ritten. I'll always mention Lewis Ritten. <laughs> uh, but uh, Highland against Patera this weekend, and we saw what Patera did to Ritson and Highland. The last like, two times I've seen him live were against Stephen Ormond, which was. You know, questionable, and then against Ritson. So, you know, he's gotten his European title shot. And boxing mats, we've seen it through centuries that it doesn't work. Where if one guy beats one guy, it doesn't mean he's going to beat guy number three. So, how do you see this matchup between Patera and Highland? Um, I just fancy Patera because of just the season, like how seasoned he is. But Highland's a tough, tough man. Like I don't, like whatever. You got the nod against against Almond. Um, and he was oh, well over match against Ritson but he, I think like you, like you, as you said depending on how the stars match up and on the night and he will be up for the fight I give him a shot like I don't I don't think, see it being a walk in the park anyway anyone who fights Highland it won't be a walk in the park but you'd have to say Patera is, is a favourite like yeah. just because he has that kind of ring savvy he can fight and he can box where Highland's more just a he's, he's not a he's like he's, is he Ritson light you know, like he's a he's a fighter. He's a kind of a compact box fighter, but he's he's not that huge of a puncher as Ritson was, even. You know, so I'd say probably as above average her, but he's the sort of thing that he could drag you into. Like he could drag Patera into a war without particularly without the Italian particularly known about it. Like yeah. with Ritson, it was more of a case him against Patera, and I don't mean this as uh, I don't mean as an insult to Patera, but it was more that Ritson lost that fight to a degree. Like Patera probably took the took the uh, tactic that Highland wanted to have, which is stay away from him for the first couple of rounds and then like drain the power a teeny bit and then like see how he is down the stretch and that's exactly what happened in the Patera Ritson fight that Ritson had him hurt early but Patera was smart enough to stay in there and then you had obviously there was issues with the weight as well and just the inexperience there and Patera sort of took over but 
like I know Pereira is a European champion, but would you say he's the best in Europe? Like he had, he had a tough, tough fight with Sean Dodd. I know he. I think Master Dodd got the Master Dodd got the nod there when Pereira probably should have. But like, that's not the highest of levels. And like, um, I do think Highlands has, is a live underdog. Like I think maybe people are. Yeah, you can't look too much into the Ritson fight. Like no. he got. He got hit in the first, what, 30 seconds, and that, like, if that happens against Ritson, a lot of the time you're gone, unless you can hang on, and he was just saying his legs were dead. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think it could be that sort of fight where um, it's a war, a competitive war. I know Padera is probably, Padera is, is the favourite, and more than likely will come out a compet- uh, in a competitive sort of yeah. fight, but, like, definitely, definitely a live underdog. Yeah, and the deck will be stacked in Patera's favour, but as European title fights go, you know, at that level, I think it's as winnable a European title fight as you're going to get, so best of luck in that one. Uh, some of the world boxing news just before we go. Uh, Dimitris Andrade fell returns this weekend against Magic Seleski, who we saw in Philadelphia, and that should be a, it should bring the best out of Andrade. He has no excuse this guy's going to come to fight, and he has no excuse not to showcase what he has, what he's about. Yeah, we're still waiting for Andre, that really big performance or that big title fight where if he's aiming at one of the other title holders. But he just doesn't seem to have enough volume when you watch him. You think you'd like to see him do more, but uh, Seletsky obviously did well to beat Rosado. That was a great fight. So he'll, he'll come to fight. Um, he'd still, like, Andre, like, a, he looks good. You know, he looks like he does everything very well. Um, I just don't know what he's going to be like when he's put in against the very best. He could rise to it, mm. but he'll have enough to win this weekend anyway. And your old title, Andy, WBO middleweight title. Yeah. How do you see this one going? I'd, I'd agree a lot with what Phil says. Um, like he's had enough period now of activity, Andrade, that he does have to show more if he wants to put himself into the mix with the big boys of the division. But in saying that, he might not have to show it and still could do it when, it, when the day comes. Um, he's a, he's a, like he's very talented. I've sparred him a lot. I've sparred him a lot, like er, early it, when he was just turning pro, you know. And uh, he, even then, he was he was a handful. So he's very talented. Just I think it's it's it's, it's all up here with him. No one would doubt the phys- like he doesn't. Have, he has talent and the, phys- the physicality to do. Just can he produce the performance? But um, Selecki's big man, tough. We're coming to fight, pushing back, I think. And if Andrade's not on, on his game, he might get turned over. Mm. And Gabe Rosado, we mentioned, a good off-the-brawl fight. It's Luke Keeler against Gabe Rosado, or so it's being mooted. We love, love, love that fight. That'd be, a, that'd be a brilliant matchup, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it's exactly the sort of step-up that Luke needs. Um, like a well-known name, I know. I think, like, Rosado's record, I think it's 24 and 12. Like, it's an awful looking record yeah. for a fighter but like it's who he's been in with like yeah he's he knocked he nearly upset Selecki there in the last fight he had a good, I think he had a draw with was it Tapia or no he had a draw with um, the name escapes me now at Arias I think the guy's name was beforehand he had a win over Tapia like he was in a he's in a good run of form but like if you can get if, like Keeler has shown the boxing skills have sort of been um, sharpened under Pete Taylor and like he could, he could, he could definitely. Like he, he would probably be a bookie's favorite going into it, but it's the sort of like sort of grit you get from Rosado that he's never out of a fight and not one to be stopped much. So, yeah, that that and that's a really good chief support and a known American name like for the Sailor Show, pretty perfect. I know there's, uh, um, they're also looking at a decent fight for Sean McComb. They're hoping Lewis, uh, not Lewis Ritson, sorry, Lewis Benson. For yeah. Sean McCone, which would be another good one for the uh, for the failure, but hopefully that card starts to take. It's coming together a bit now, yeah. And on the the card this weekend in Providence, uh, first world title fight there in a long time. Joe Parker's back on that card, um, not the stiffest of opposition against Leah Pye, but it's just good to get him back in the mix. You know, former world champion beat Andy Ruiz mm-hmm. in inverted commas, so uh, you know he's back in the mix. He's a lineal champ. Now. He's putting his hand up. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> He's got his claim to the throne here. Um, just a few other bits of news. Lomachenko versus Campbell. Seems to be agreed, although Luke came out this morning and said there's a little bit of doubt around it, but I think it's pretty much a done deal for August 31st in London, which is great to get Lomachenko in this part of the world, isn't it? Yeah, book the, book the flight as soon as you can. What do you do if you're 
fighting Lomachenko because obviously a lot of talk this week is about in Dublin and Gaelic football where you go into a contest knowing you've no chance. So, like if you're Luke Campbell, like Luke Campbell must feel, oh, what do I have to do to get a world title like know, against yeah, a, a winnable fight? Yeah. Like, how do you convince? You're <coughs> think now it's your your training hat on now. Like, how do you convince your fighter? Like even though deep down you might know. Like it's going to be unbelievably tough. What with a game plan? Um, you have to work with the fighter himself. So you would say, Luke, like tall, southpaw, stiff puncher. You have to revert back to his amateur style and make it an amateur fight because you can't. Although Lomachenko's slightly adaptive, he still fights as in his amateur style. You have to make it an amateur fight and try to appoint him and box as an amateur for twelve rounds and hope that somewhere down the stretch there's a break in the fight that you get lucky with a punch and like condition yourself. Luke's long. He's like long range. He's stiff. And I think for the first four rounds, I think it could be an even enough fight. But can he hold Lomachenko off for that amount of time? That's well, we saw how good the Linares uh, Lomachenko fight, and you could hope for something similar. Luke's mm. bringing a similar skill set to the table. He's long and just a really good fighter. Probably world champion level fighter. He just hasn't got a, a winnable world title fight yet. So I think we're we're all looking forward to that one. Uh, Alexander Isik, the other Ukrainian maestro. Uh, mandated by the WBO for the heavyweight title, having never fought at heavyweight, which is an interesting concept. But uh, I think we can all agree that he's well capable of being a world champion at heavyweight. It's whether he's earned that shot quite yet. But it's just I, well, that's the rule of the WBO. Everyone knows that, so I don't see where people are like being outraged. You know, if you're a champion at one weight, you can vacate and move up and, and fight the next one. But I think it's Dillian White who's kind of expressing the outrage, isn't he? It does make it like an int- does make it all that more interesting. Like if Ruiz beats Joshua in the rematch, and then it's like you could have Yusuke as a favourite to get over Ruiz, wouldn't you? You probably have us have him slightly. It's crazy to think know. how many fights he had last year, and he, he fought on the road, and we haven't seen him this year. Yeah. He's almost like not that you can forget about him, but we haven't been talking about him this year. Yeah. He's such an elite fighter, but I, I yeah, like obviously I would have liked to have seen him against Takam. Um, just to see what he's like because he was asked about that after the win over Bellew like what do you do to go up to heavyweight like, and he just said just eat more it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. great it is one of the more difficult transitions from cruiserweight to heavyweight it is a big gap you know a lot of the weights we, we know are just like a matter of a few pounds whereas this one it's a full body change really to try and mix it with the big boys I mentioned Dillian White there he's the one who feels most aggrieved by this well, the WBC have done him wrong, and he was also in line for the WBO, but I think there's going to be a bit of clarity with the WBC where the fight next month is going to be for the interim title, which is only worth the paper that's written on, but I think there's going to be a final set period where uh, Wilder's going to have to fight him by a certain date, or the winner of Wilder Ortiz, rather. So it might put scupper the Fury plan slightly if if that is the case. I don't know. They'll, they'll find some way, I think. You know, They'll find some way of... If there's big fights on the big sanction fees there, they'll find some way of getting it. But six hundred days is like, number one. I'm looking at this reverse fight. I'm thinking it's a tough fight. For Very Mike. tough fight. I don't. I don't like. Why is he taking so like, that fight? I know. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I, I think it's a like potential big big potential for Lannisken. I think it's a tough tough fight for him. Well, we saw how he struggled against Chisora in the rematch, which I thought Chisora was past it at that point and gave him a lot of trouble, and. Rivas is almost Chisora extra. Do you know what I mean? Similar style, more, more, brings more, him more to the table. Quicker, more, more, more fight, younger, yeah. fresher. And coming to win big time. Mm. So, Do you think, though, White wouldn't have been as motivated for Chisora as he would be for this fight? It's a lot of bad blood there, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I it's, love White. Like he's so, it, yeah, it's so, so dangerous. It's such a dangerous fight that if he was to lose, it would just set him back. It'd be like snakes and ladders. He's just going down. Mm. Probably should have taken the Joshua fight in retrospect for April, but you know these these things happen, I suppose. Um, Joshua Ruiz too. I think I'm hearing that it's down to Cardiff or New York at this point. I think it's going to end up back in New York. Like I think London was the preferred venue, but they couldn't they couldn't find a date that worked given you know London weather isn't ideal. November. So. Yeah. Well, I think hopefully it's hopefully it's New York so we can get a trip away for Katie. Yeah, because uh, uh, the way that her has been promoting and that sort of Katie has been attached to a lot of the Joshua cards. I know they were planning on doing Katie headlining at the theatre at MSG herself, yeah. but I think maybe for the next one, because obviously there's troubles with Serrano now, trying to get her into the ring. 
So it could be someone like Hardy, maybe I saw Lou DiBella mm. was plugging a Hardy Taylor fight there, so you could get that on a Joshua undercard. It doesn't look like Brazilian's going to be next, which from a personal point, that's a bit of a shame, but you can understand where Peters and Heron are coming from there, build it up a bit more. The Serrano deal is interesting because she signed a three-fight deal with Katie being the last one, but that was before she saw what Volante was getting and what Presume was getting, so now she's saying, well, if they're getting that much, I want that, and, and so on. So she actually has to fight again before she can fight Katie Taylor, so it's a bit of a mess, uh, as Joe's saying there. Uh, last two quick points here. Lee Selby against Adrian Broner. Has anyone got any interest in this? This no. is... This fight has come out. Talk about coming out of nowhere. I just, I said to when Ronan mentioned this earlier, I said I wouldn't be surprised if Ronan doesn't even know who Lee Selby is. He just, yeah, I wouldn't say so. No, just not a name. Who would you favour in that one? Bizarrely, it's a weird fight to. to well, like, yeah, Broner can barely make 140. He's barely committed enough to do that. Like, I know they, he did it for the Mikey Garcia fight, but that's only because they had some crazy fines in place if he was... One million per pound or something? Yeah, something like that, something crazy. So I doubt Lee Selby's going to have the same power in the negotiating table. So you have Lee Selby coming in at, what, 135, 136, and without a cut, and then you have uh, then you have Broner coming in half a stone heavier at least and then rehydrating up, like... Stupid fight, and there's so many guys, so many guys in between their two weights that, like, you could even have someone from the weight below, but he's going like multiple weights below. It's just, it's not a good fight. No, well, sure. We'll see what happens. O'Hara Davis against Miguel Vasquez as well this weekend, which is another, another one that caught me by surprise. I didn't see that one coming up the, the boundary, but that's also happening. Um, that's a better lot. No, uh, no mention for you, mate, Paulie Malinaji. Well, I didn't want to bring it up, and <laughs> you said last week that everyone should put all their money on. Uh, I, I know, yeah. His hands well, let him down again. I my know, bank balance is empty because of you. <laughs> Guys, I owe you all a pint. <laughs> Did you watch it? No. No, I saw some highlights. I have no interest in it really. But word on the street that all the lads were hammering Labadev and sparring. So it just shows you where Paulie's at at this stage. You saw the video. There's a video going around of Davy Oliver Joyce sparring him, and he. Like Lobo probably had to lease a stone on him, and Oliver uh, Joyce is lighting him up like it's. Yeah. Well, that's what, like John John Evans said the same. Like without saying it, and that, <laughs> that like without saying it, just said, yeah, you know that kind of way. So, yeah, <laughs> and, like uh, Lee Reeves as well fighting this weekend on Box Nation. Uh, there's a show from Canada. There. I think it's Friday night. Um, he's another Limerick guy, four and zero now. I think, but uh, he, like you were sort of saying with the fighters fighting in. Boston, New York, Philadelphia. He has the Irish community in T Toronto is quite big, and he's really gotten them on board. Like he was a headline in the show over there on Paddy's Day. So uh, it's his name. I think he's chief support to Custio Clayton, who's a decent contender from Canada. I think he beat uh, Stephen Donnelly if he beat him in the Commonwealth Games a few years ago. But uh, yeah, not a good fight for Reeves. He's I think he's close enough to Paddy as well. Yeah, I think they're yeah. decent mates. Yeah. I think. Nice one, Joe irishboxing.com thanks million for coming in thanks for having me lad we'll be back next week with a full recap of the Europeans and lots more uh, thanks for tuning in my life my life my life my life in the sunshine everybody loves the sunshine sunshine everybody loves the sunshine Sunshine Folks get down in the sunshine Sunshine Folks get brown in the sunshine Everybody loves the sunshine
Sunshine.